Alright, if you're hearing this, then you are tuned to Doom Patrol Radio, the only show that is broadcasted galaxy, quadrant, space-wise? In transit, really. This is Doom Patrol Radio, and welcome back. Uh, today we're talking about episode number... 11. 11, titled Francis Patrol. A uh, little bit of a curveball there. We'll get into it in a minute. Um, but yeah, you want to just... Uh, I guess we can... I don't know. Do yeah, first things, uh, first, first things first. things first. First things first. What about um, the second thing? Who's on second? Are you going to do a baseball joke right it's now? Abbott Costello. Don't get me started. I'll, I will retcon this podcast to become an Abbott and Costello podcast. Do you, do you know the troop well? <laughs> I honestly watched a lot of their movies. And did I, you? And I think they're great. I only saw the one with Scooby-Doo. Really? Yeah. Did you ever watch the monster movies? The Abbott and Costello meet the... Were those, oh, yeah. Those were... Yeah. The, I was listening to another podcast and they were saying that what they were doing in that time was groundbreaking because that was the first like shared universe that was successful. Uh, like okay, it had it okay, had help okay. with the monster universe yeah. already in existence, but mm-hmm. Abbott, can, Abbott, Abbott and Costello... Kind of, kind of put a little bit of glue in there. Mm-hmm. I think uh, the <laughs> um, Ghidorah that film was a shared universe film between the Godzilla, the Toho franchises of Godzilla, Rodan okay. in nineteen sixty five. So you might be right about the Abbott and Costello stuff. But speaking of shared universes, today we're talking about Doom Patrol, which is a DC thing in the shared universe of Titans. I don't know where I'm getting at. Today we're talking about Doom Patrol episode eleven. Yeah, and um, we have four episodes left. That's it. We have four uh, after today. We have four more weeks of season one of Doom Patrol. So, I guess full warning. Um, what was that? Things are ramping up. That was my Harley Quinn impression. From New Jersey. Jersey. That from was a New Jersey accent <laughs> that you did. Full I'm just warning. I'm just forewarning you. Um, things are going to start kind of ramping up. You know, because we got to get to the season finale, and so some things got to get completed so that the characters can move on. We spent a lot of time talking about these characters, and for people who are new to Doom Patrol, um, this is the first time they're learning about the characters and and learning them in new ways, and we're learning them in new ways as well, like kind of relearning these characters. Um, So we throughout this season, we've been introduced to a lot of. Uh, history for each character and and um if we want to continue doing doom patrol for future seasons i think they have to get to a point where it's like all right let's let's complete their past mm-hmm. so that we can do things with these characters and and new developments and not kind of um and not drag it out you know i was kind of that's that's funny that you should say that um cuz i was thinking at one point when we were watching this episode that um it did hit me that it was like, okay, stories, like personal stories are kind of wrapping up. Yes. We're, we're finally getting to it. Yes. And then my next thought was, oh, well, a season two, what are they going to have to do? 
And mm-hmm. then that went down a hole of them actually having fight scenes. And it was yeah on a picture. It was on a it was on a frame of just Negative Man standing on like a porch. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you watch the episode, you know what I'm talking about. But it was at that moment where I I was trying to picture him like doing Negative Man comic book stuff. Yeah, flying around through people, beating things up like that kind of thing. And it was kind of hard to picture. I, not to say that we haven't had action in this show. But um, it's been a while since we've seen the decreator kind of stuff. Yeah, and it's just uh, we we haven't really seen them, you know, execute Plan B, Doom Patrol kind of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm I'm curious to see how that's going to happen. I honestly don't know uh, the blueprints of this show yet. Yeah, yeah, and, and I can't like figure out like what's going to. At least with Titans, it was. Almost too linear. It was very linear, mm-hmm. um, and you can kind of tell where it was going and what was going to yeah, happen. You, you can, can kinda, even tell what's uh, going to happen for season two. You can kind of tell where it was going from, um, like the third episode. Yeah, like third episode in. Yeah. Like basically, once they introduced Starfire and Raven, mm-hmm. you kind of got the pieces of like, oh, Raven is the main item mm-hmm. in like this show, and then Starfire is like this wild card who's like supposed to kill you for a reason because you are. The Antichrist of some sort. Anyways, they did a really good job of like, here's a here's the synopsis laid out for you. Now let's have fun with it. Um, Doom Patrol, because it is a a concept, uh, a, a superhero concept that that does allow it to be uh, fragmented in many ways, many different ways you can interpret Doom Patrol. Um, I think that this episode, I think. I don't want to say it's the weakest, but it's like the less Doom Patrol that you know of in this episode. Because I think a yeah, lot of people... you shouldn't have said weakest. No, no, no. You shouldn't yeah. even put that thought into people's minds, Mark. No, I... I you don't yeah, have to apologize. I want to it's stop okay. people. Put, it's, it's, come on. I'm okay. trying to stop people from having that thought, so I guess I shouldn't have put it out there in the first place. Hey, don't have that thought. It's nothing, yeah. nothing weak about it. Yeah. The only thing that's weak about it is... It's a it's a big character. It's a individual character um, threads are are coming to a close so mm-hmm. that we can move on, and um, but it is kind of like one of those things where you think about the source material and then you watch this episode. It is less like those wacky stories of mm-hmm. Doom Patrol going out there fighting things that have random made up names and 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 finding you know circus strong men who are superheroes things like of that wacky nature um and 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 so for some people they might be like this isn't what i expected and parentheses maybe didn't want this kind of doom patrol content but it's necessary because we're doing it now so that we can move on when we do hopefully i think in the season finale kind of final episodes that's when they start to go like all right now we're gonna get weird again Mm -hmm. and um you guys are gonna enjoy it (laughs) and we're gonna enjoy it knowing that these characters um are finally you know closer together and and more whole within themselves like their interpersonal struggles are are complete um and so that's what this episode is um last week we were talking about a lot of niles calder stuff a lot of niles calder uh like history happened and, and uh, mytho- mythologies were, uh, I guess, introduced and left us with a lot of questions about him, his whereabouts and, and things like the the the, uh, the winter beast or whatever they're calling it. Um, we don't get any of that 
in this episode. Um, this episode is just about like the the core Doom Patrol, which is Robot Man, Larry Trainer, Negative Man. Uh, what did they call Crazy that Jane? Remember, I sent you the picture because yeah, I, I found it in one of the old Strange Adventures. Yeah, in the Arnold Drake uh, mm-hmm. books. I think it was called like the Winter Beast or something. I'm, gonna, I'm scrolling through uh, the Nightmaker, the Nightmare Maker, the Nightmare Maker. Um, that's at least just what's on the page. Oh, okay, I thought in the speech bubble, speech bubble, they were like, okay, well, what's what's it got to do with that? Um, they call it a Snow Beast. Snow Beast. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so we had a big question last week about that creature a uh, puppet version of Naus Calder and the like very untimely demise of the beard hunter. But we didn't know why or how um, and like who is like orchestrating all that. And none of that gets answered in, in, in this episode, but I'm thinking that's like a season finale kind of thing that they're uh, foreshadowing. Um, But yeah, this one is just, closing on those those stories that the the past of these of these characters um and so right away um i i thought it was great that they that they did this and i think i think the larry trainer story um is probably the the most important one i want to say most important but i most impactful to me i thought was the the more powerful thread yeah i would Um, agree with you there um I have a lot more um sentiment mm-hmm. for the Larry Trainer story yeah. more so than I do about the a Cliff lot, and his daughter. A lot daughter. more uh sympathy yeah. and empathy. Um, um and can so, you have sympathy and empathy at the same time? You can have sympathy for some I mean the devil clearly. <laughs> Mick Jagger said that. You can have sympathy for the way the Rolling Stones sound. Um but no, you um <laughs> that's a funny statement. Ooze. <laughs> guy that puts on a rolling stone or ooh, sorry about this guys <laughs> sympathy for mick jagger's voice um, oh that's but, funny but you um you can have sympathy for you know some elements of larry trainer's life because you can't ex- you haven't experienced all of that but in some way you have uh experienced a relationship of love like that mm-hmm. with his um what's his name john john bowers with, with john bowers like you could have a relationship with a person that's similar mm-hmm. and that you can empathize with. Um, okay. But so, you, yeah, you can't have both. Um, that being said, it is getting ever more clear that April Bowlby's uh, Rita Farr character, I just, I love her more and more. Yeah, As the season goes yeah. on, I am just like her, her portrayal of this character, like, there's no better like this is my favorite interpretation of Rita Farr mm-hmm. in anything like this made me like the character it gave her this personality that I felt like she never had like she always feels so bland to me as a character it's just like oh yeah you are Elastigirl sure you might like be in this position where you kind of are like a diva but this is like this is like some theatrical diva like I mm-hmm. I appreciate yeah. this level of like I love it. Like a um, melodramatic character. Yeah. And it's like um it's like a self-aware unapologetic uh melodramatic character mm-hmm. and I and I love it for for that. And so I just it's so magnetic to watch her perform and do her thing. 
Um, I just think it's great. But um, yeah, she doesn't really have... uh, I guess she's done with hers. Is she done with her arc? I guess she's already accepted her past and everything. Maybe she accepted it. Um, This episode, she definitely drops the uh, her real name and is 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 dropping the Rita Farr thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like Gertrude uh, Gertrude Cramp. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I don't know if hers is actually completed because she's still getting comfortable with her own skin. Mm-hmm. You see what I did there? Yeah, you see, like that I, one? I understood yeah, so, that reference. Uh, Wrong universe. Um, oh, crap. You're right. Sorry. I just hit a brick wall with that. I was scratching my eye and thinking about your reference. Um, and reset the universe. Yeah. Um, so, Rita Farr is definitely, uh, you said magnetic. That's a very, yes, yes. very good description of how she is uh, in this episode and going forward as well. Um, but she, even everything to her vocal warm ups that she was doing in the episode, mm-hmm. like that's just, I really enjoy seeing someone be obnoxiously Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It's, it tickles me because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, people do act like that. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just so funny. And it's good because she is self-aware. You said that, um, she is, uh, unapologetically melodramatic, melodramatic yeah. and but she's also aware that she's being it. And I'm sure on a, in her own way, she is apologetic for it, but it's also, it's it's just her nature. Mm-hmm. Wrong universe. Um, with Pirates of the Caribbean. Calypso. <laughs> no one understood that one. <laughs> no one got that. Oh, you know, uh, Calypso from uh, Dead Man's Chest? <laughs> from uh, At World's End? Yeah. Yeah, she was in both of them. Um, um, but, uh, moving on from that, uh, let's see what else. Yeah, she, yeah, she just has a, um, she, she's gotten to this point where she's uh, like, uh, she started being the, the least intact character and I guess both physically and mentally. And, And then this now, as we get towards the end of the season, she's the one like, like literally tethering people back down to earth being like. No, you have to listen, but she does it in this way that is so entertaining. It's not, it doesn't just feel like, like she's the chorus or the voice of reason. Like she's not just a, a, um, stoic Alfred Pennyworth. Who's just saying, no, Batman, you're being dumb. This is how you should be. It's, it's the way that they write this character, the way they allow her to be this old timey Hollywood, uh, actress diva. That makes it entertaining to hear that kind of um, supporting character uh, like shtick, where it's yeah. like, and so it, it, yeah, she does a fantastic job. Um, um, but yeah, she doesn't really have. Um, that's all she is. She's just like doing supporting character stuff. But I just think she deserves a huge shout out for it. Um, going into um, let's see who else um, before we start getting into like the big meteor uh, threads. But um, Crazy Jane, Crazy Jane, um, mm-hmm. she kind of like once she snaps out of um, her whole Jane Patrol episode and she comes back to reality, um, the first time we see her in the episode, she's having a conversation in her head with the other Janes. I don't know if you caught that 
because um, Rita Farr is coming up, is approaching her while what? she's at the mirror. Oh, I and didn't know if it was a conversation that was like happening right then. I thought it was, she was. I thought it was like echoes of last episode. Was it echoes of last episode? I don't know. You was could, it? Was you could it, be right. I thought it was I having it, a conversation yeah. in her head where she they were talking about like we have rules here and stuff like that. I thought that was what they were saying in the underground, like in the garage. They probably say it all the time, so uh. could be both past and present maybe and future whoa <laughs> a regular old christmas carol up in here um but you know there 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 are these voices of jane that are happening and so she's still coming to terms with that i think um but she is very quick to to get the team together to to accomplish goals now she's like now that karen's out or karen's in actually and Crazy Jane is out, like, she's like, all right, I'm going to do everything in my power to find Niles Calder. And that means I'm going to exercise a team meeting. I'm going to find Flex Mentallo, who we've been waiting to see for a long time. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, he's not in this episode. Bummer. But uh, just hearing his name, confirmation that we're looking for him, that's what you and I are waiting for now. Mm-hmm. We got our Danny the Street. He's in the bag. They're in the bag. Now bring on the Flexman Tallow. Mm-hmm. Um, we need that here at the beach, baby. Yeah. Um, Muscle mystery. And so she's very, like, leading in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a it's kind of like a thread between... Um, it's a shared subplot between her and Cyborg, which we'll get into for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she, she definitely takes control of things. And... It's uh, a lot of Jane. I think it's some of the... Maybe the... I don't want to say the most Jane, but it's a lot of Jane. Mm-hmm. She's not switching in between Hammerhead and stuff like that. Not even when she's like angry and having arguments with them. It's It was a lot of Jane. Yeah. I think a lot of people have grown to really like this character. And I think, I don't know if it's because of Jane Patrol, um, but I think Jane Patrol, I guess so, because Jane Patrol... For like I said, uh, for a lot of people, they they don't. Uh, it might be the first time experiencing Doom Patrol, so Jane Patrol might be that episode that like they go, "Wow, look at all this cool, crazy Jane um, like lore and like mythology that happens inside her and stuff like that." So it could be that like that that pushed people to be like, you know, we really like this character. We really like Diane's performance with the character and portrayal. So they're really just like riding this train you know and Good one. it's been it's been really working out and and people um are really reacting positively to diane's jane so i mean i sure am yeah absolutely yeah she does a fantastic job um so it was really good to see her in in although she's a psychotic character that she's or chaotic character that she's able to you know she wants to get something done she's gonna go f- like like literally hammerhead straight into like getting it done kind of thing um but yeah you got any um thoughts about jane at all in this episode um um yeah she was definitely taking the reins of of Mm -hmm. the thing now um i like that she called out flex mentalo i like that that makes me think that she had a (laughs) run-in with him and she knows him or she knows something like of him Mm -hmm. um she was talking um a lot when she was having the meeting in the mm-hmm. beginning, and she was talking a lot and referencing the old Doom Patrol, like where they're at the uh, the safe house or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, institution. Um, so maybe 
Flex was involved at that point. Um, they did mention that like he was an old, he'd be an old man. Um, so maybe he was a part of uh, the team or the like the original Doom Patrol back in like the fifties or whatever the hell time frame that was happening at. It doesn't matter. Um, now Jane was definitely in control of herself and then of the situation with Cyborg and, and, and wanting to do things. I like that they paired the two of them off in this to have their subplot because it is the two characters that are stick to the plan. Let's go. We got to find Niles. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. At least they share that um, that drive. So it was good to see them. Um, and then it, that just saying that just makes me want to talk about Cyborg. Yeah, so we can get into it. Um, Cyborg has... Um, they, can I say something? Yeah. I have not... How do I word this? I'm... Bah. Dang it. You? I feel... Me, I feel that I am... Positive? Negative? No, I feel that I am understanding more and more why Cyborg... Why Cyborg is fits in, into in the, the Doom, Doom Patrol. Patrol. Holy shit, yes. Mark. yes. It's yeah. blowing my mind that yeah. it's uh, but the fact that these writers are like, yo, why hasn't anybody pointed this out yet? Yeah, yeah Like, yeah, that's yeah. just, that's perfect. Uh, yeah. Teen Titans, go lay an egg. Robin. Oh, man, I didn't even think about that one. That's a good <laughs> one. Um, no, all of them lay an egg. You're up. Yeah. Starfire. Uh, Beast Boy. Turn Beast into Boy. a bird. Turn into a bird, lay an egg. Raven. Raven. She's a bird. Lay an egg. Hawk and Dove. You're lay a bird. Eggs. Lay eggs. How many Titan, birds they got in the Titans? Titan, they got a lot of birds, don't they? Hashtag lay an egg Titans. Yeah. Birds, people. Yeah. That's the whole hashtag. You got to use the whole thing. Hashtag lay an egg Titans, bird people. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's it. Trending. That's it. Trending. Um, but uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. The This uh, this uh, subplot that ha- the cyborg is in with Crazy Jane, mm-hmm. you know, she's the one... Taking the reins, as you said, trying to find Flex Mentallo, trying to get one step closer to finding Niles Calder and, and getting answers. And and here he is, not the one leading. Uh, he is the He's one. freaking out, man. Freaking out, losing control, um, scared of losing control, um, and and opening up to Crazy Jane as if he was the one who, mm-hmm. is, who needs help. Uh, he's never been that kind of person to do that. And yeah, you are absolutely right. It it was within his subplot where it's the scene where they're on the bus having their conversation. It is very much that where he goes, oh yeah, you belong here. Mm-hmm. Like we admit you into the Calder house yeah. to be treated as a patient of yeah. the house Calder because you are a freak. <laughs> and like, you're absolutely right. I I understand now why, why he is here. Um, I wonder if they're going to start adding him into the comic series. I wonder if they already have. I don't know. I stopped keeping up. That's a shame, isn't it? It's. It would be a, a shame that he's not because people will continue to say he is a Justice League member mm-hmm. or he is, for some people, he is still a Titans member. And some people won't let that go. And you can be like, oh, well, it makes sense that he would be in Doom Patrol. So put him in Doom Patrol. But then. Someone would be like, oh, why don't we just put Batman in Arkham Asylum? Because that would make sense. And it's like, yeah, dude, it would make sense. <laughs> put him in there. Like, yeah. let's not stop there. Let's put all, you know, let's put everyone back where they need to be. Green Lantern would never come to Earth. He's got other places to be. 
like quit bringing them back home you know like stuff like that yeah that is stuff like that hey man coast city's gone you need to hightail it out of here too buddy yeah take the context clues hal kyle you can stay i love you buddy um so yeah i'm glad you said that because it is very 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 true um but he basically goes in offline mode after what happened last week's episode where Grid took over. To now, wait, you say offline mode. To me, that means the cybernetics are shut down. Is this airplane mode? He's in, his, he's his, in, yeah, he's in airplane mode. But he's in offline mode. He can still, you, he's, not, he's not shut down. He is in offline mode where he is. He just turned off his the software. software. Is not. Um, it's like uh, turning off your virus, antivirus program from running on your computer. It's like turning off your McAfee program because it keeps asking if you want to do an update or upgrade. And you're like, no, I don't want to do that. Mm. Um, and then you find out that McAfee has been doing more harm than good to your computer. Is that true? I don't know. Tell it to the people, Mark. You know better than... Uh... All I know is that some, McAfee does something where it... Like, it really becomes part of your... It's just become adware? It, I think it lays information into the actual motherboard, kind of similar to how Windows operating systems kind of embed some information into your motherboard so that when you wipe the computer or upgrade it, it can just read the license key from the motherboard and you don't have to enter the information anymore. And... You can just get the upgrade for free or something. I don't know. It's something like that where you can get that kind of information. Sorry, I'll shut down now. Is that bad? <laughs> no, it's just one of those things where it's like it uh, puts the license key on the motherboard itself, so you don't need it. But uh, it's something about like you can't get rid of McAfee or something because oh, it's like okay. embedded. Pretty much, it's 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 hard to wipe it completely off the computer like you can't really just uninstall the pro- program i understand um, i understand a lot better now yeah that that did help that helped um, a lot so grid is <laughs> mcafee they and were mcafee <laughs> is grid yeah pretty much and so grid this is honestly the this this evolution of this story between grid and and cyborg is starting to get more into what i've always wanted a cyber uh, a cyborg movie or sh- or like story to go into. Um, I th- I think a lot of people think it's hard to write for cyborg, and we're in an era now where that is laughable because it should be very easy to write cyborg stories. Yeah, because it's it the the, the te- it sounds, What do you think people think? Is like oh he's a computer? It's just the, it comes up with a problem and it just solves it right there. No, I think just hey, you be- got a problem. Yo, I'll solve it. Pick think, up the bass while my DJ revolves it. <laughs> I like that. Did you? That was awful. <laughs> I think uh, I think people aren't leaning into the cyberpunkness of of that John that cyberpunk genre more with Cyborg. I think they're thinking too much about he's a superhero with tech abilities, um, and and you know, and then he deals with disabilities. But it's like there's there's a there's so many cyberpunk stories out there that I feel like he could easily have so many arcs and, and stories to be told from this kind of... Because w- w- when it comes to cyberpunk, like it, it allows that existential crisis to happen with, with mm-hmm. man versus machine. Or the man, machines are taking over. Kind or, of thing. yeah, man, man learning to accept machines mm-hmm. as superior or, you know, combining and becoming one. Like a lot of Ghost in the Shell stories. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 
I think I found out where, what might be a, uh, a crutch for Cyborg now that mm-hmm. we're thinking about it. And it's the involvement of one Batman. And you think Batman is... A crutch for Cyborg. Helping him? Or like helping him... He's co- not helping the story. Not any one particular story, but he's not helping the character of Cyborg. Maybe I... This is all just speculation. I... There might be an argument where Batman is halting Cyborg's progressiveness as a cyborg. Batman uses him as a tool. He sees him as a tool. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there is conversations in comics where he actually has to be like, okay, this is still Victor Stone. Like, mm-hmm. quit using him as a bat computer. Yeah. But at the end of the day, buddy, you're using him as a bat computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's and, and that's as far as it goes where yeah, and then he they, becomes... Like, when people start to say, like, how do you write a cyborg movie without him just being a computer? Mm-hmm. Guys, you're watching it. Yeah, I think... Um, He's a teenager that's getting taken over by freaking cybernetics. I think, yeah, that's I what... I curse on this show. I censored yeah, myself. I don't care. But, like, it's... I think what happens and in, in, in this this stigma that, that it's hard to come up with a good cyber, cyborg story is because too too many times do they make cyborg a walking, talking computer mm-hmm. that supporting characters interact with. Mm-hmm. And it's too much of, like, I'm writing myself interacting with Cyborg and Cyborg solving the problems for me instead of, like, we need to get more into Cyborg not only communicating within himself with this battle between man and machine, but what is he really having to fight with? And it's fighting the ideologies of machine. Like, their ideologies. Not just fighting machine. Not just being like, oh, there's grid. That's bad machine. I'm good man. Like, no. What what makes the machine bad? Like, why are you saying the machine is bad? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the writer saying? And most of the time, it is bad for bad sake. And I don't like that. I think we have to get more into that with Cyborg because that's that kind of cyberpunk story is... is why that genre flourishes. It's why Blade Runner is, you know, those stories of like, you know, I, I won't get too far into it, but I yeah. kind of want you to get into it. Um, <laughs> I often think to myself, like, I think, uh, I'm, I, I'm glad you said Batman may be a bad mentor because I think a lot to myself that the best mentor cyborg would ever have. Wait, hang on. The idea of Batman being a bad mentor is a known fucking fact. <laughs> yeah, you're, like, you're right. We know that. Ground yeah. zero, bottom line. The, I mean, the amount of <laughs> bad mentoring he's, uh, yeah. he's done is just... I can't... I, can you count it on two hands? Um, are you just thinking about wards? Not wars. Wards? There's a D in there. Wards like sidekicks? Yeah. I didn't want to say sidekicks. I think you can count ten bad mentorships from Batman. He's definitely past strike three, so they should have. <laughs> he was past strike three, like the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I've often thought, like, so Cyborg gets, he becomes Cyborg. Who should his mentor be to be like, hey, you're a superhero now? Nobody. I think Superman is the best one because Superman is like your forties. 1940s version of a of a person getting superpowers and, and then his mentors which was you know his parents being like oh you have these powers you can do great things in the world if you choose to be that hero cyborg is superman for the modern age of like technology it's like you have superpowers in in modern day sense where it's like you have the technology 
you're connected to the internet. Like you are a superhero and Superman should be that guy where it's like, I know what it's like to be you where you are this person with this vast amount of power. Mm -hmm. Like I know what it's like to be you and, and I will help you because we are people, we are like of that same kind of, uh, status Mm -hmm. i guess we're in that kind of same situation so i honestly think if they ever did like a cyborg superman and cyborg like story where it is you know it starts with this the origin of cyborg and then superman helps him as a mentor and then like maybe you redo the death of superman and because it's like the mentor has to get killed off or something but like it honestly would be the best mentorship he has because it would help him get uh, deal with his powers, but learn how to not uh, not learn how to use them, but should he use them or choose to use them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the best mentor for him. Honestly, would be Superman. Um, but uh, yeah, this uh, w- what I was getting into um, about how Cyberpunk is starting to get with him is we learn that Grid has been without victor's knowledge has been cyberizing him um is is that a word cyberization yeah cyberization is like your um your transfer um like your uh integration transgression like you're transferring you are you are converting your human parts in and trading them in for cyber parts transitioning transitioning there you go thank you transitioning uh uh into uh a more cyborg uh person what was the word cyber cyberization cyberization yeah cyberization so like is that is that that's in webster's now yeah i think i think (laughs) it's a real word uh like today i know they use it a lot in cyberpunk stories but like uh, i'm sure it's a thing now i mean people are cyborgs right now we've talked about this but like yeah something simple as like getting um cyborg legs or cyborg hands or cyborg arms like that is cyberization and 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 then you start to think okay well how cyberized can you be um and that's when you get into another cyberpunk uh, term called cyber psychosis, uh, in which case, like that's what's happening right now with with cyborg is we find out that Grid has been cyberizing him without his knowledge ever since the reset, and he says in this in the episode that he's gone from forty one percent to sixty seven percent, something like that. Yeah, like over two thirds of him are cyberized, um, and that's when we get this really cool scene where he was like cutting his arm open. Mm-hmm. And exposing the flesh and like really playing around with it, like like the muscles and moving it and and showing like what would be bone is actually metal, like a metal arm. Is that what that was? Like it was his bones were starting to be metal. Yeah, now. he was he was converting like metal bones. He was converting matter uh, to be more cyber uh, tech, technology and stuff like that. Basically, turning him into a Terminator. And I thought that was really cool because that's the cyberpunk kind of shit that I want to see. You know, I thought that was like really interesting. At what point does he not need blood? Um, it's a good question because uh, I guess every every universe's robots are different. So it's like, what do the robots run off of? I mean, are they oil electric powered? Are they oil? You know, do they need oil? Do they need electricity? Do they need human flesh? You know, they could be something like that where it's like they need blood still. Um, but they can get it from other people. 
I guess I would make you a cyborg vampire. General Grievous <laughs> didn't have any blood going to him, but he still had organs. Um, his, and he had his, eyes. His body was an apparatus. He was just prototype Darth Vader. I know, but he... What was the shell? Mm. What was the skeleton, I should say? The skeleton? Mm-hmm. Just pro- prosthetics. See if it could um, keep a body alive. So it's really just they took his liver and his lungs and his eyeballs and just kind of... Yeah, they were like, we need the tendons up. We to need all the major optics. organs to still be there, mm-hmm. and then we're gonna put a power cy- source into them? cybernetics on you and see if you can live now. And then they're like, "Oh, you're doing pretty well. You don't have force powers, but hey, whatever." He doesn't have any blood. He's got blood. He doesn't have any blood. It doesn't have to go through the body parts. It just has to stay in the organs. Hmm. Um, but. Yeah, it's 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 really cool to see that. Um I I like that happening to him. Um I mean I do and I don't, but um, scary. It's scary. It's, it's very crazy stuff. Like he really gashes into that arm and You said scary and it's thought it said Siri. Oh, really? Yeah. Um yeah, it's it's really cool stuff that that he's doing in in that room. It's very like body mutilation and and gore and stuff yeah. and 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 we have to remember that this is Doom Patrol, so it's like that's okay to do in this. I, you, oh yeah, I wasn't wincing. I mean, I winced because I'm still no. It's good to wince. Like this is the whole point. Yeah, I'm I'm still uncomfortable with body dysmorphia things. Yeah, not because of it's. Uh, I mean, it's just because it's creepy. Like yeah, having him ripping his. To, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. It's, it's doing it, its job. It's like hot sauce. It's like oh, it burns, but it's I love it. You you okay. <laughs> Nobody eats hot sauce that really loves hot sauce and goes, oh, like, I enjoy how it's not spicy, you know? Yeah. And, like, people like the burn. Yeah. And so, with, like, gore and I stuff I see that like with that. horror movies as and a you whole. Go, and you go, wow, that's really fucked up. And that really, like, fucked me up. And then you go, but I enjoyed it for yeah. that. And that's how it is with... Um, Cyborg cutting his arm open and playing around with the with the flesh and everything. It's You go, man, that's really fucked up. But I like it. Yeah. And so, yeah, this whole thing is happening with, with Grid. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to see that. You also get a sense of how sinister Grid is starting to be. Like, ooh, mm-hmm. isn't it fun to, like, be this cool? Um, I don't know if I like that writing per, per se, but at least you get a sense for how sinister it, it's becoming. It almost seemed like Grid was talking a lot like a Mr. Human. Nobody. No, it, it sounded like Mr. Nobody because mm-hmm. he was... Uh, it's it sounded cheerful, mm-hmm. which is weird because it's a c- computer. Yeah, it um, should just be like, don't you feel superior? Yeah, like, it should you? just be like asking regular questions. But he was talking to him like a regular, like a freaking AOL chat room, like a chat room. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're um, right. Pen pal. But there's also offline like, pen pal. Yeah, but there were, there's probably like some war games uh, reference in there, or what was the one? Um, Incredible Hulk. Remember how he was using that decryption messaging board mm-hmm. to talk to Mr. Blue? Mr. Green, Mr. Blue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's um, just really cool to see that kind of stuff. I, I I look forward to seeing what happens. Um, yeah. I, I, but I like I like how Cyborg is is starting to become more machine. I just I think I like that he's freaking out. Yeah, and he's freaking out about it. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, but 
yeah, we're all on the same boat now that grit is evil. And so it's mm-hmm. like, we're all getting there. Um, honestly, I could, I could talk more and more about cyborg, but anything about cyberpunk. So just, eh, if you're listening, you want to learn more, you want to have a conversation. Um, I want to have a conversation about cyborg and I want a cyborg movie. Come on, let's do it. Let's get into this kind of, you know, this kind of stuff. What would be your, um, so how would you want cyborg to fit into a movie? Would it, would you want it to be, um, would you want him to be a part of the justice league? Would you want him to just be doing stuff on his own? Uh, how does he fit in? We can, we can do the justice league thing. I I mean, well, no, no, they don't have to be in it, but he could already be a, a member of it. And, and, you know, I don't really care what his status is at the moment, but mm-hmm. I do like the idea that he is starting out with these powers and, and, and really diving into that and, and becoming an agent that works um, through the web and stuff like that. What Do you have a preference on Cyborg uh, Mother Box versus prosthetics? No. No? You just, it doesn't matter? It doesn't matter. Because mm-hmm. I think... How he gets uh, well, I, unless you're trying to do something with Dark Side and Apocalypse, then it matters that he becomes a, a, a product of that. But it doesn't matter how he gets it; it's just his connection to Earth's technology is mm-hmm. is the fact that, that that exists. Okay, well, where do you go from now? And 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 how dangerous is that? Like, what perils do you unearth because you can do that? And and then when the machines start to talk back to you and start to create life on their own because ones and zeros are just compiling on their own and, and, and growing like fungus and creating life on their own within the web, then Cyborg is like, okay, there's life here now manifesting itself. What do I do with that kind of stuff? And so there's like things like that you could play around with. And, and I, I don't know. I think there's just... There's a lot of potential cyborg, and I just think people aren't um, capitalizing on it. Does Doctor Octopus classify as a cyborg? Is he classified yeah. as a cyborg? Yeah. yeah, yeah, he is. He is, and that's why I love him. Favorite Spider-Man villain. Um, but uh, yeah, I, my my idea ideal cyborg story is the the grid thing, mm-hmm. where they they come into a a conflict of of ideologies and not just. Oh, you are machine. I fight yeah. you physically. It's okay. the, I mean, you said it before. Yeah. It's a, the 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 Cortana thing. Yeah, it it's is. It's like at what point is 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 this machine really wrong, or are we just as yeah. humans stuck in our way? Yeah, is this is this a better life kind mm-hmm. of thing? And that's it. That it just comes down to um, the psychology uh, uh, escape from freedom. That kind of like, do we want more peace or do we want more freedom? And then where's that fall in the spectrum of things? Like how, how much freedom, how much peace do you want? And how do you balance that out? That's where, that's where the argument comes from. But when you're, when I guess that's when you start to go, wait a minute, grid, you're being extreme here because you want total security and peace with absolutely no freedom. And then it's like, that's when cyborg has to be like, we still need some choice here. And that's when you get back into the ideology of Superman where it's like my mentor taught me that you cannot um, live on without without um, the power of choice. That's the that's why Krypton failed, and so um, you know he kind of learned from his mentor Superman. So he has to defeat Grid. What did you say? Freedom, peace, and security. What did what did we call it? Before? Freedom, peace, it's, and it's foundation. It's a spectrum. It's a spectrum. It's a th- it's a triangle. No, it's a spectrum. I thought it was a triangle. We did. We've had we, we this had, discussion yeah, before. Yeah, I think we. Talked it's a about, triangle. It's freedom, peace, and foundation. Freedom. Pe- I guess security is considered foundation. Something like that. I've always thought it was just a spe- like a 
uh, a a b spectrum where it's just like no it's a triangle bro you can go with triangle that's cool yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, well, another debate because the tr- other triangle is what it's um um price quality and speed is this what are you doing it's an economics thing but you got oh the, the triangle i don't know what it's called but it is a thing it's price quality and like uh I don't know if it's efficient. No, I think it's speed. Mm-hmm. It's like because you can have it cheap and fast, or you can have it fast and quality. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, I see what uh, you're saying. It's like one of those things. Quality, it's like you can only have two, but you can't yeah, have all quality, three. Quality, price, and uh, yeah, it's a sales thing as well. Yeah. Um, teach but, me. Uh, yeah, I think what most people fail when they do cyborg stories is they they limit him to being like a like a hacker. Like, oh, we need to find yeah. a terrorist organization. Oh, they're hacking me. Oh, yeah. they put a... That's why I said a, the crutch is Batman. They he uses him as a fucking yeah. computer. Oh, they put an attack barrier on their thing. I can't hack it. I'm all buzzed out now. I can't use my superpowers, which is technology. And it's like, oh, why are you here? Why are we writing this story? We don't want you to have your cyber power. You know, it's something stupid like that. I, I think that's the laziest way to write a character like that, where people are uninformed about things like hacking and viruses and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's like, that's... That is so little. Like, that could be how you fight, but it's like, in the grand scheme of things, you got to get existential with it. Otherwise, who gives a shit? Um, but that's real life. It's not Hollywood. But other cy- cyberpunk stories are doing it. So, like... Are they? Like, the existential thing? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Blade Runner, like, 2049. Yeah, I always get Bla- uh, Total Recall. Um Ghost in the Shell, like it, it, what made Ghost in the Shell famous was that story of, um, again, the names mixed up, but not the laughing man, but there was someone else, I can't remember now, but uh, they were, they had this conversation of like, oh, but what if we can make life on our own kind of thing? I remember that. That wasn't it like a dream that they went to? It was a little girl and like someone, they like took them behind a curtain. Was What is that from? That's from Ghost in the Shell. And maybe one of like the 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 animated movies that they came out with is that a thing? Do they make she? Those? I, I know she gets like a new body or something at the end of the movie. Um, but how's that? I don't have it with me right now, so it's I'll have okay. to talk to you after the episode. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know the whole, anything with cyborg. I, I get immediately jazzed up about talking. And uh, if you've been listening this far, I'm very sorry for getting into a whole bunch of cyborg stuff. But I'm super passionate about that. Hey man, so I hope you guys Go are enjoying it. it. Um, but let's see, who do we talk about next? So let's, uh, since we talked about Rita Farr, and we, uh, let's talk about who she was supporting in this episode, which is our man, Cliff Steele, robot, robot man. Um, he has this whole thing, uh, which is why the episode is called Francis Patrol. Is he... That was the curveball. Yeah, go. Well, I thought like it had to do with the beard hunter because his name was Francis. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it got me. You got me, guys. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but it, it got me. Um, yeah, he he's, he starts out here in a news uh, little blip. Um, another oh, yeah. uh, more more little news story on uh, animal, vegetable, mineral man. That's that's great. Um, but it, it cuts into a Florida man story. Which <laughs> Good is old very, Florida man yeah, story. Very on the on par. We're from Florida, so yeah. yeah. Which is uh, the, de- the the depiction of Florida of Florida in this episode was probably very spot on for certain parts. Yes. <laughs> They're not wrong that parts yeah. like this exist mm-hmm. and exist exactly like this. Let me tell you right now. Uh, we can go two miles in that direction and it will be like that. Yeah, probably. Two miles? 
Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, Mark and I don't often tread those waters. We like to stay in. <laughs> nice. S- in I think we're doing a lot of good uh, puns here. Yeah, idioms. <laughs> we we st- we stay in the Central Florida area. Um, we stay in the blue area. We stay in the city. So that's fun. But uh, no doubt have been into bars and areas very much like this. And I have, yeah. Yeah. Let yeah. me tell you, it is, it's pretty on fucking point. Yeah, it's pretty on point. <laughs> and definitely they are oh, good. They are, they are great people. And I think that was one of my takeaways for this was, was seeing. So I guess to wrap people up in the plot line is that uh, Bump, Gets eaten by an alligator. Bump is the uh, the the stepfather of mm-hmm. Clara, the new father, Robot Man's Clara. daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, got chomped by a giant alligator, as you do in Florida. That's because it's very common. Oh man, I was Florida about to man. make a joke, but dude, it kind of is. Like mm. it, it happens. Yeah, <laughs> it happens more often than you would expect. Um, but yeah, he gets uh, eaten, eaten. By an alligator. Um, what was he trying to do? He was just hunting the alligator? Or he was just he was hunting just, the alligator. That was the thing? They were alligator hunters? Big, big alligators. There was a whole TV show about that. Swamp people. You remember yeah, that? Yeah, swamp people. We eat, you know, we eat gator tail. That's how, that's um, it's a thing. So, like, there's, there's, there's also, um, like, government involved in this because there is a gator hunting season. Gators are... In I every don't wa- body of water. I don't want to say they're an invasive species, but because um, I don't think they are an invasive species. Um, I think they can be an invasive species, but no, I don't think they're classified they as one. No, what is classified as an invasive species iguanas. are uh, yeah, iguanas and um, us, Cuban tree frogs mm-hmm. as well. Um, us, yes, humans, humans <laughs> are. Um, there's also another one. We have these. We have these locusts here mm-hmm. that are like the orange. But yeah, but go anyway. on. <laughs> Talking about bugs. Etymology um, for you. Um, so uh, there's there's gator hunting season. That was what I was getting to. Like it's legal here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm assuming uh, at that part, Cypress something. It was I don't know where they said Cypress. Oh, Cypressville. Cypressville. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's it, a real. It place. It just sounded very Florida. Cypress like, Hill, Florida, is a place. Yeah, but Cypress. Cypress Hill. They were yeah, like, everyone in Cypressville will will miss you. Or and yeah. I was like, that's a fair Florida. That's a Florida name. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Bud's dead. Um, Robot Man hears the news about it and immediately springs into, I got to go be with my daughter. Mm-hmm. Like, that's mm-hmm. this is uh, mm-hmm. his chance to, I guess, in his mind, reconnect with her and everything. Um it's very, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's on par for Robot Man. And it's, it's his, I'm trying to think of trying to word it correctly. He's being selfish. Um, but I don't mean that in a negative manner because it's, it's sometimes it's, it's very okay to be selfish and all these things. Um, but he's definitely like thinking like, Oh, it's, it's my, I have to be there. I have to be her hero. I have to be with my daughter. I have to be her dad. Mm -hmm. Not even thinking about Clara. Um, so very clouded vision. Uh, it ends up, you know, he, he clears up later on. But uh, yeah, they they head down to Florida. Um, well, they pop, they flit down to Florida. They flit down to Florida. That's, I like that. Can we make a song? Flit down to Florida. Yeah. Hashtag flit down to Florida. You play banjo. You play banjo. <laughs> no, I made a banjo for <laughs> physics class, and they told me how to make an instrument out of a cookie jar, and I said okay. Banjo. Ha, wh- I bought a cookie tin. Uh huh. And like you a, put rubber bands on it. 
I put I actually went to Guitar Center and bought actual banjo strings. Holy shit! And I put them on the guitar thing, and I said, "Here, physics teacher, here is the instrument you had made me make for a project. Please give me good grade." And he said, "You can have a B." And I said, "Okay." Oh man, I don't fucking care. Did it work proper? Was I mean, it was the, it was a thin tin that acted as the snare head. Don't talk to me about instruments. I know <laughs> goddamn thing. <laughs> Um, but I said, you know what? Out of all the instruments, I will make a banjo. I will make a banjo. I will make Ed Helms proud. I said, I will make Kermit the Frog proud. That's a better one. I like that. <laughs> um, uh, Rainbow Connection? Rainbow Connection? Yeah, Rainbow Connection. Um, anyway, uh, Flit pops up. It's really cool that uh, he was uh robot man, as in he, was... Um, calling out flit mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. it was co- I, I don't like to think of it as um you know he helped them out so like this is like a favor returned mm-hmm. i don't really like thinking about it like that i like to think that um they all like have an understanding and somewhere deep down jane did want to help robot man so yeah subconsciously i yeah, don't there's even a know lot if of, that's subconsciously Does, there's a lot of uh there is a lot of uh questions about their relationship now because uh she wants to act like he didn't help or anything mm-hmm. and and, and she's could, still reserved it's still very you know she doesn't want you know the, there there was a very traumatic experience that just happened a couple episodes ago um and 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 you know like asking for flit's help it is kind of one of those things where like they all know him now they all know him he's been here and 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 they've they've either worked with him or just had to, you know, experience him inside uh, Kay Chalice's mind. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, he saved her from the well. Yeah. And, and Ay, crap. I don't know if he saved her from the well. She Nobody did. saved her. When, and when she said that, I was like, I think she's kind of right. Because, I mean, she stood up for herself. And yeah. It really was just the sight of Cliff being destroyed that yeah. made her yes. want to protect him. So. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, yeah, she did it for herself. So, did anybody really help her? Well, you could say nobody helped her, but you can't deny that nobody cared for her because Robot Man mm-hmm. was there caring for her, yeah. trying to help her. He didn't save her, but it doesn't mean he didn't, he didn't try, try to yeah. help her yeah. and support her. And so... Jane has to at least acknowledge that this character is supporting her because they want to, because they care for her. And so, and so the personalities are like, listen, we can help him, you know? And, 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 and so Flit is like, that sounds like fun. Why don't we just go to Florida and great time. Um, and so they, you know, Flit just drops them off in, in Florida. And, um, one of the things I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, it, it is it is a very Florida. Uh, I don't. Even, I can't even say exaggerated Florida because we talked about how that it could be very, very valid Florida. Um, there are parts of Florida that are like this, but one of the things that uh, people overlook is how wholesome something like that is. It's a very like judge a book by its cover type thing where we get this Florida bar with these Florida people. And, and and all things like that, um, but they all they all love this man, and they're here to honor him, 
and carry on his his memories and stuff like that. And so it is a um uh what do you call that? Like a what is that called where you uh awake? Awake. Yeah, it is it is awake a very Florida wake and 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 when Clara is doing her speech it is very eulogetic. Is that a word? Well, it's see it is a eulogy, but it's done in a very unapologetically messy i don't know it's done in a way where it's like oh this is like a very florida eulogy or something like a very country kind of eulogy but you can't deny that there's that there's this daughter Mm -hmm. who really cared for this man and so maybe it's not the most like finessed way of speaking or like or behavior or anything like that but I honestly was like, oh yeah, but this person honestly really, really cares about, you know, the stepfather and, and the story that she's telling and stuff like that. So w- what I liked about it is that it was like, yes, this is Florida. This is, you know, let's make our jokes about how Florida it is. But then like at the end of the day, it's like, these are all wholesome people. They all cared about this man and his daughter really loved this man. And and I think that was what was most important is that these people were so accepting and loving and there was no animosity. And, and even though they were Florida and, and very country, they weren't hateful. So mm-hmm. was like, there was just some, something respectful about it. And I don't even give a shit. Like, it's not like it's doing it for me. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to say like, Oh, you, sh- you represented Florida wrong. Yeah. yeah like, no, I don't give a up. shit about that. Well, yeah, I just I care about care. that. It's like, you know, I wouldn't want, people like me to be interpreted in a, in a stereotypical way and also negatively. This was like, we're going to be stereotypical, but positive. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's what was, you know, they did what they did. Right. Was they thread, they thread that needle of like, we can be, we can do stereotypes and also do it in a, in a way that you will be like, Oh uh, yeah, good, good people. I like mm-hmm. them, you know? And, and I think that's was, you know, my thing was that it's important whatever (laughs) i agree it's definitely good wholesome people um so it's uh it's 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 funny to me that robot man can hang out in this bar robot man and rita Mm -hmm. can hang out in this bar and negative man too in his thing yeah um but more importantly robot man and people like make a mention of him being like whoa cool and like they play it off as a as a costume a halloween costume but when he's still just standing around, no one's like crowding around him. The fact that it's just like, okay, yeah, that could exist. That, that yeah. like cyborgs yeah. a thing. They got other people. I mean, Superman and Superman all these things. Superman is like, flying the, around. It's the Batman, fact that it's Wonder just Woman. Like, oh yeah, they they exist. That's that's it. They're there. Okay, cool. Larry's the same way. When he walks up uh, to the house in his thing, it's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, a guy wrapped in all bandages and a winter coat with some cool wraparound sunglasses. Like that's. Not weird at all. I get it. <laughs> yeah, you guys exist. It's yeah, it's so like uh, the the freaks are being normalized, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean it as a uh, this is what I've been kind of waiting for. This is fun, and it it kind of it it plays to my um, confusion as to why people aren't staring at Robot Man in this bar. It's it, because it's so new to me. It's like, oh, yeah, so things are starting to get... It. Superheroes in their own world are starting to be accepted. That's cool for me. It's 
I, I like thinking about Batman being a legend and being him feared, but at the core of it, it's still people exist. The people f- know that he exists mm-hmm. and they're okay with it. Yeah, we do get two people who are like, "Oh, what are you?" And like, yeah, what do you? And 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 Rita Far passes it as like a Halloween costume. Um, mm-hmm. but, but there's still no stigma of just like uh, anybody off in the being like, "I think that guy's lying. I think they're hiding something. They're weird." Like yeah. that's that's like that's that's and dead they don't, in and comic books. Yeah, stuff. and they don't have to explain it to everyone. She's mm-hmm. not, they're not like, "Oh, Halloween costume. Oh, Halloween yeah. costume. It's that guy. In a Superheroes co- being in secret is just not like a thing that needs to be a stigma anymore on yeah. the genre. We get a moment where uh, Clara is going to do the eulogy, and 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 he helps her up, mm-hmm. and and he holds her hand for the first time, which was incredible. Um, even if it was just for a moment, um, but she doesn't. She's not like, ooh, uh, yeah. She's not like, ah, uh, scary robot, robot monster. Yeah, yeah, she's just like, thanks, mm-hmm. weird looking guy. And I think that's also like, uh, it tears down that wall and that notion of thinking that she would freak out if he just walked up to her and said, "Hey, I am Cliff. I'm just a brain in a robot body." And mm-hmm. the fact that she's not freaking out, it would be. It seems like she would be way more accepting of that than he thinks. Yeah, yeah, and and Rita Farr is really trying to hammer that in, mm-hmm. and it's that's another great moment with Rita Farr, where they're she's in that boat and they're out in the swamps, um, and she's like, "Yes, that's all you would have to say. Like, mm-hmm. it is that easy to say something like that, and and for them to kind of accept you and start from there, um, it yeah, it is that, and and I think, like, I'm I'm glad too that that's a thing where they were like. He just exists like you got, you got the flash running around at yeah. the speed of light. Like he can do whatever, like whatever. Yeah. So it's just normalizing these, these metahumans is a, a very fun thing for me. Mm-hmm. I don't like that idea of superheroes being in secret. Get that out of here. <laughs> Throw it in the trash. Yeah. Get over that, that thing that they can't. Mm hmm. You know, they have to stay in the shadows. I mean, Batman can stay in the shadows. That's his thing. That's his M.O. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the last thing to talk about is uh, good old Larry Trainer. Unless you Are got, we done with Cliff Steel? I'm trying to think. So he, he, he finds, fights the Gator. Yeah, he, he fights the, the Gator. He gets the watch back. Gives the watch to Claire. Doesn't say anything to her. And she... I, because of the eulogy. Yeah. I mean, like, once he walked out on that eulogy because it's like, hey, yeah. Dude, you got to accept the fact that she loved uh, Bump. As a father, because he raised her, mm-hmm. uh, dude. Like your jealousy just needs to take a hike. Yeah, like and your animosity. You get it are out. her biological father, but mm-hmm. but you died in a car crash, buddy. and you weren't there to begin with, and and you really don't have ownership. It's not your child. It's not you know that's Clara is her own person, and you are supposed to be there to support her in being her own person. But that ship has sailed now. Mm-hmm. You can't go back and, and do that. You are your own person as well. And your time to support a child is gone. So it is time for you to move on as Robot Man now and not Cliff Steele, the race car driver. Um, and so, yeah, he just leaves the watch and uh, she accepts it. And it's, it's a good it's a good closure to um, it's a good closure to like his his arc, you know, dealing with his past and stuff. Um, 
I'm trying to think if there's anything else, but no, I think I think that's it. Yeah, yeah. We can end it on Cliff Steel. Um, not end it, end it. Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> the final part. Mm-hmm. Good old negative man. So I'll let you take this one for a minute. Yeah. Um. So uh, we open up the episode with Larry. Um. In one of his his dreams that the negative spirit is inducing with him. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, do Do you think that actually happens like every time? Every single time the negative spirit leaves, or anytime he goes to sleep, he puts him into a uh, into a fantasy dream, so that he. I mean, what's what is the? Mm, so this is all loaded. This is my mind. Just like I'm just gonna start shouting out. Sorry. What do you think the point of these dreams are? Um, we kind of get an answer to that a little bit, and I might need your help to kind of piece it out, piece it together. Um, but we're uh we we start up in a in a dream, and it's him and John in a bar. Um, no, they're in the hotel. They're in the motel, um, Big Sur Motel, which, uh, my cousin lives on that mountain. It's pretty neat that they kind of put that in there. I'm curious if that hotel or motel actually exists. The Big Sur? The little Big Sur Motel. I know that Big Sur Hotel is there and it's a big resort. Um, pretty neat place, but they're, uh, in the motel in secrecy. Mm Mm-hmm. What and that's what Larry wants. He is okay with them being in secrecy, sharing love, sharing a connection, and he actually confesses to loving John in that moment. Um, that all did did happen. So the negative spirit kind of places him in these memories, but he's still able to like navigate through them. And I don't know if he's doing the same exact thing or if he's doing things differently. Um, but uh, at least in this one, it's um, he's doing what he wanted to do. I'm curious if that's exactly how it played out in real life or if it's just the negative spirit kind of taking it upon himself to fabricate this dream for him. I was starting to wonder, like, if the negative man is the one doing it. I guess it is the one doing it. But what we learn in this episode is that John is also connected to this dream tunnel is that right yeah he was so um lately john has been dying is what we learn real life john present time john who's very old uh very sickly he is on the way out and 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 in the in the light tunnel that you get i guess when you're passing away i don't know because i'm not there yet um (laughs) he's like his mind is connecting with larry's and they're having a conversation in these dreams, in these moments together. That's real conversations that he is actually having with John. Yes, they are. They are having. This, they are having this this conversation with each other. It is not negative man. It is not the negative spirit playing John and having the conversation. I thought it was. And I think that's what we thought too. It is actually them connected, having the conversation. Um, at least that's how I interpret it. Because John was that John was literally saying it, it, at the end of the tunnel was having this conversation, and then they were talking about the conversation that they had in the dream. And so I was like, so he must have been playing himself. He must have been him. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if the negative spirit was creating that tunnel, or if it was just their relationship itself somehow through the force they were doing it. But um, either way, that was a thing, and. I want to go back to your question, which was my first question. Like, honestly, the first thing I wrote about this episode was, what do the dreams mean? Mm-hmm. Like, why are we... Wh- um, the first thing we see in this episode is a dream 
of his at the motel. And then he wakes up and then we realize that it, this was what he was doing during the Jane Patrol episode. And like everyone was doing their thing. He was there unconscious having this motel dream where he had the best night ever with John, like, and, and, and his favorite memory. And they have this conversation and, and what is it that we're supposed to get out of it? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if it's all based on that dream or if it's the, uh, the comparison of that dream, that memory versus like the memory that comes later at the club. I don't know the name of it or whatever. Um, but they were at that club later. And then I'm like, so I guess the purpose is comparing the two or was there something to get out of the first dream? Just being like, uh, Hey, um, cause when you're, when you're writing those things out when you're writing like, okay, we're going to open up with his mm-hmm. dream. Is it saying like, oh, we're going to write this whole dream sequence out to compare it later with a with a dream that brings out those harshness? Like, are we just is it just a setup, or is there like, hey, we want to start out with this dream because we want you to just get, uh, we just want to teach you something. I don't know. Well, if you're saying what is correct with John and Larry still being connected mm-hmm. within their minds and in this dream world, then. Um, Larry's favorite memory is being secluded and alone and, and hidden away in a motel on the side of a mountain where no one can find them. Yes. And then John's would be them out in a bar having fun mm-hmm. with other like-minded people and being okay within themselves. So maybe it is a comparing thing. And if it's true about them sharing the minds, Larry had his dream in the in the in the perfect night that he wanted and then john took him out to do his thing so maybe it's like a hey maybe that was like dating it was a form of having a date um we'll do something that i want and then you know you'll you'll take me somewhere and and we'll do something that you want um maybe it was supposed to be a compare and contrast type for just that yeah i mean Um, uh, john John really does call him out um at the end of the episode in in that dream uh, in that dream sequence where he just compares them to like, you know, you're, you're just incredibly closed off mm-hmm. because you are scared of being yourself. Um, and, and this is something that was, uh, really highlighted with, uh, the Danny, the street episode, Danny patrol, where it was like, you hinder yourself from being the best you or being who you want to be. Like you hinder yourself. Um, the only one standing in your way is you. And, and he does it to himself all the time. Um, and, and I guess taking the, the bandages um, as as kind of like a personification of his, his closed-offness. He's completely mummified, wrapped up in bandages. And so they're just like, a person who wraps himself up like that, who we can't see who he really is, mm-hmm. can be taken metaphorically yeah or like mentally you know figuratively and um they try to dive into that and 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 really uh bring that out and it's it's honestly a very good it's a very good arc it's a very good way to close out the arc because it's it's him accepting his flaws coming to terms with john and 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 then and then moving on and, and learning from that because John cannot be there all the time 
to set you straight. It is like, I think John explains it in the episode where it's like, it starts with you to make that, that radical decision to change. Cause like he says, if you wanted to change, you would have done so by now or something, something along those lines where it's like, you, you keep saying that there's going to be a moment where you change and, and, and be this expressive person about who you really are. But you I mean, it's been, it's been what, like 60 years mm-hmm. and you haven't done so. And, and so it is about opening up and, and, and just being who you are. Like, just like you have to get over it. Like you have not get over it, but you have to stop, stop yourself. You've been stopping yourself. Larry Trainer has been stopping himself this whole time. It's time for him to stop stopping himself and start being yourself. I don't start know. starting yourself. Yeah, start starting it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, start start it up. Um. The, so we'll we'll. I wanted to talk a little bit about the music that we hear. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Moon River shows back up. Uh, it seems to be the running theme for Larry Trainer and his love life with uh, with John, mm-hmm. which is yeah. fantastic. We got two two Moon River two Moon River songs. <laughs> um, Same song played twice by two different artists. Yes, in this episode, they also. I'm pretty sure that was also the song that was playing in their uh, in their car. Um, in uh, in the other memory, yeah, don't you remember? Because he was like, "That's not the right song." Andy Williams was playing on the radio, something like that. Yeah, and Andy Williams did the Moon River song in 1962, and it would have been 1962 at the time. So popular music on the radio would have been that song. Neato. Um, the song is very uh, influential to love and uh, two people sharing a connection. Um, so it's a fantastic uh, choice for that. But then they also play the Frank Ocean cover, yes. which was very pleasing to my ears. <laughs> I'm glad you finally heard it. Oh I, yeah, I love Frank Ocean. We, yeah, yeah I, I do as well. I just mm-hmm. haven't kept up with uh, with uh, newer things that have been coming out. Um, but this came out a year ago, so shame on me. Um, yeah, he, uh, Frank Ocean released this cover. I think Valentine's Day of last year. That's so. very sweet. Yeah, yeah, that's so sweet. He dropped that single. Um, real great quick. song. First first time the song was uh, heard. Um, Audrey Hepburn, mm-hmm. Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes, supposed to sing it. Um, not the first time. I think that was just. Uh, it was. I think it was written for. Yeah, it was written for Ar- Audrey Hepburn to to perform at Breakfast at Tiffany's, and then Andy Williams, then did it. Um, it's been done a number of times by many various artists. Um, yeah, in, uh, it, it says here, um, in the breakfast at Tiffany's version of the song, the lyrics are more literal in the sense that Audrey Hepburn's character, uh, like literally, uh, uh, travels around and, and, mm-hmm. and like, and, and leaves to, and, and they drift apart actually physically. Yeah. says, you know, she explores, you know, you gotta see the world quote unquote, as they say, when, when it comes to dating people, like, you know, break things off take time for yourself to see the world and then, and then come back. Um, and you could do that literally or in Frank Ocean's sense, it is, uh, uh more figuratively and more metaphorical that you, um, experience a, a broad sense of things. And, and that could be in, in, in many ways, but, um, in regards to negative man, it could be more of like a, a metaphorical thing where it's like, you yourself ha- have been stalling yourself and 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 
you know, John's not always going to be there, but John, before he goes, he's leaving you with that, um, confrontation of like, or, um, what is it called where you enter, um, intervention, intervention, intervention of like, Hey, quit stalling yourself. Go, Mm -hmm. you know, open up, be, be, be the Larry trainer. I love when we are together and like, no one's watching, like be that guy. Cause that's who you really are. That's who you want to be, but you never want to be that person, you know, all the time. You only want to be when I'm here and it's like, I'm not going to be there all the time. So you gotta, you gotta move on. You gotta, you gotta do stuff. Uh, and so that's, uh, I think Frank Ocean is, is in his song. It's more like a metaphorical. It's like we could, we are lovers, but we, we have to, uh, grow. Mm-hmm. We have to grow outside, you know, uh, inside ourselves too. We have to grow and, and see things and, 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 and ex- experience new things. I don't know. I think you're right. Why would you <laughs> say you don't know? I think you do know. I don't know. I'd say, I don't know. Cause, uh, I, Always up for other people's conversations. Yeah, it's uh, true. Other people's um, interpretations. It doesn't uh, hinder the fact that I love this song. A very good song. It's a very good song. It's very, it was very well placed. I honestly, when it started, I was like, "Oh, this yeah. is uh, Frank." Then you have to say it was Frank Ocean. I was just immediately like, mm-hmm. "I know that. I know that weird pitched voice anywhere." I like that you that you that you picked up on it so fast. Um, yeah. It was a fun realization for me, and it was fun really figuring out like what this song means and why it would be attributed to Larry and John. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's it's more so than just a love song. It's incredibly, it means a lot. It's uh, even so with, with Larry and the negative spirit, you can also take this song into consideration with the two of them. It's a connection that they both have to find. There's definitely, you know, animosity. There's definitely uh, a chance for, um, I guess growing with, uh, in the sense of one accepting what Mm -hmm. you are Mm -hmm. and two growing to know what like your limitation of your power is and could be, Mm -hmm. um, but I like it more on the romantic side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I, I honestly, I think um, <laughs> if you did like one of those weird uh, Spotify playlists where they make uh, playlists based on characters, behaviors, and personalities, I know like the Star Wars ones, yeah. they, they do it. And um, I think they recently did one for all the houses of Game of Thrones where it's like they did playlists. But if you did a playlist for uh, Larry Trainer. um with this this interpretation from Doom Patrol, you would get a lot more, you a lot of Frank Ocean songs. Honestly, yeah, like uh, I mean, he only has two. He has plenty of albums, but studio albums that he has two, um, and and maybe more Blonde would be played. But it is that um, I always call it the morning after type uh, thought, where it's like you've. You, or maybe not. Maybe more. I was thinking more Channel Orange. More Channel Orange, where it is yeah. like you need to be more hedonistic. Channel and- Orange is is definitely there's it's it's in halves. One is it being um, a love to girl at school. The other one is girl at uh, boy at school kind of thing. So it's definitely I I always took Channel Orange as split directly evenly between his uh, sexuality and, and his like, sexuality and, like and both up. his yeah his opening up, but also his. Um, his romanticism because mm-hmm. it's it was completely different between the two people mm-hmm. completely different and i thought channel orange was 
I, I thought that was blatant in your face. Yeah, I I like to think of uh, we're trying to get, we're kind of getting into uh, Frank Ocean. Minute. That's okay. It's our podcast. Yeah, I lo- I want to talk about it honestly because I think the more we talk about it, the more it makes sense. Uh, it, the more it helps us understand Larry's, uh, you know, the end of his arc. It's not just oh he finally met his boyfriend in 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 modern times and then he passed away and and, and that closed his arc. It's 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 trying to get that empathy that mm-hmm. we talked about very early in this episode where it's like, yes, you can sympathize, but in a way you can empathize with those same things. And so I like to think that channel orange and then into blonde is the Saturday night into the Sunday morning where channel orange is, uh, um, take for instance, like, out of high school into the college, into your yeah, young adult where you're exactly. where you're like, it is time to be explorative and hedonistic and, and, and anything that feels good you could do and it feels great. And, and, and you really relish into that world and, and you let that, and I say this positively, but you let that, that slut spiral happen in life and you, and you explore things and you learn through, through just action. And then, the day after is 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 blonde where you 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 kind of start to put things back in order and you go is my you know where am i in life am i happy and 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 that comes later that comes where that comes uh, where you start to mature from your actions i wouldn't want to say consequences but it's like this is you this is you become this is your metamorphosis mm-hmm. is is blonde um it is that um you take a shower and you listen to blonde and you go, you know, this is the day after kind of thing. So I, I, I do like to think of blonde as like, um, if, 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 if channel orange is like, I'm going to be on my motorcycle or in my car, you know, doing 90 on a highway and living life Saturday, uh, blonde is the Sunday after you're taking a shower and like, you know, rethinking and not rethinking life, but just reflecting on yeah. where you've come from. So, uh, honestly, like in, in the case of Larry Trainer, it is John being like, you want to be Channel Orange. Mm-hmm. Be Channel Orange. Like, quit trying to just have the moment in, like, your bedroom or a motel. Quit or, listening to Blonde. Like, Go back and... Well, you're and... not even there yet. Really? He's not there yet. He's, uh... You have to just be yourself. Like, it's it's the Danny the Street thing where it's like, that's what you want to be. You want to be that mm-hmm. guy singing on the stage. You want to yeah. be that secure in your life. You're stuck on swim good. But you're, you yeah, gotta you're go not back doing to anything. You ain't, you're, you're not. And, and, and it's almost like Moon River is, is being played to let Larry Trainer know to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, go do see the yeah. world. You're stopping yourself from doing it. Yeah. So Like, you want to wear the yellow suit at the Grammys and rock out with your cock out. I don't know that one. That's a, that's a Frank Ocean thing. Oh, really? Yeah, what is that? I uh, can't remember. And I'm going to wear my yellow suit to the Grammys and rock out with my cock out. Uh, huh. They like who they, who they think this kid is. That's just something I've seen Prince do. It's true. Fuck, what song is that? Keep, keep singing. I love it. Um, no matter what, I'm growing up. Don't give a flying, floating fuck what people say or think. I like that. Yeah? I like that a lot. <laughs> that's just, that's Frank Ocean. <laughs> I don't even know how to end this show now. Um, it's so good. Um, well, we, we, we hit, uh, did we hit all the points that you wanted to talk about? I think, um, uh, I, I really hope, <laughs> this is just me and I really like the music choices in this show. 
Um, they're bringing back that original, like uh, that 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 um, synth. Uh, uh, it goes into the chords. It's like it's like a, it sounds like Radical Edward. Um, you remember Radical Edward's theme, how, uh, Mushroom Samba? How she was mm-hmm. walking in the desert. Anyway, um, I hope Moon River still plays in this. Um, I don't want it to go away because uh, Larry. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what the next thing is going to happen to Larry. If if John passed away and he was the one connecting them in the dream, do you think he'll still have dreams about John? I think maybe. I, I think we're done with John, and yeah. I think we'll be done with John definitely by the next season. Mm-hmm. But now we need to see. We need to see Larry blossom into uh, just really trying to. They need the nesting dolls. Yeah, accept uh, this negative spirit and, and really try to work and help us understand it now, um, and 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 get rid of that anchor that was his past mm-hmm. and John and John Bauer and 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 move on and and I think that was this and now and now we will get into a moving on period. Okay, so um, maybe so maybe the Frank Ocean cover of Moon River was and could be seen as like. The, the yes. encore, the final. Now you like need to move on. Like, yeah. Now we move yeah. on. Now we, and I think that's. Oh, this is fun. So they've been playing the 1960s version of Moon River, and then they come back to the modern time with it. With the oh, modern snap. version, yeah. and then he's seeing them in real time and in present day. Mm-hmm. This is incredible, uh, thought provoking. Yeah, incredibly it's thought provoking. Like honestly, the the choice of music really spurred the idea, and I've and I've always liked that where it's like a song could can motivate you to to explore that kind of story um and I, I think about that a lot with like sometimes you hear a song and you go it's a really powerful story in here like you could actually write this whole thing out and and or, or use it as a supplement to to uh flesh out a character that you are currently writing you mm-hmm. know it could be one of those things it can even be used as a storytelling element like yes it's, it's supporting fact it's, fact to it's, it. it's helping you not not just for exposition or like setting the tone. It's, I mean, it's the but same it's thing like, with the chorus in uh, old, you know, Greco plays and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's, yeah. It could be, I think it's the exact same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Where it's helping you not only uh, uh, digest the information, but understand the, the character and, mm-hmm. and, and most importantly, relate to the character. That's honestly so important because, again, these are superhero characters. And 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 we need a way to bridge them, and and we need to go. Man, it would suck to be those superheroes. And also, I feel that same exact way, kind of thing. You know, um, that's the whole point of Doom Patrol. Um, I think what my only final note before the end of the episode is more of a joke, rather. But we had talked about it before, and so there's a moment where Cyborg is messing with his arm and whatnot, and and Crazy Jane calls him uh, Vicwad. Mm-hmm. And 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 I brought this up briefly with you, but and we've talked about it before. But uh, if you bring up Wad after any anything, it it sets it it creates an insult. And we were joking about this like a couple of days ago. And so when she said Vic Wad, I was like, there it is. Yeah. There's proof that you could put Wad after anything, and it instantly becomes an insult. Dick Wad, fuck Wad, Vic Wad. Like, and it was like one of those things where we were just putting we were just putting things in front of wad and then ending on that suffix. And I was like, point proven. Yeah. Um, it works. That was my only one. I was thinking if there was like the same could be used with, um, with O at the end of it, but that was really just like 
What up, Famo? <laughs> I was thinking Slimo from Slim. Phantom Menace. Yeah, and I think that's the only one. Slimo. Because Nito doesn't have a negative connotation to it. I love using that word. Um, Coolio. Great guy. Met him Is a couple times. No. I mean, <laughs> no. He's all right. <laughs> he was, uh, the, the closest I've got to Coolio was the opening credits of Keenan and Kel. He did the theme song for him. Oh. <laughs> boy um but yeah we could we can end it this is a this is a good ending point yeah absolutely so if you guys enjoyed everything you heard uh you can find us on all social media at radio doom patrol and uh if you enjoyed everything you heard you could also leave us a five-star review on uh what do they call it now apple Podcasts. they not changed I- the name yeah it's apple podcast now it's not itunes um and they have their own dedicated apple podcast app but it really helps other people find our show out and listen to our content um do they do ratings on like google play and stuff mm-hmm. okay so yeah. you can also rate and review you our can show also on rate play. wherever you listen to your podcast i and you know just let us know yeah. um and we also have a facebook group called the dc cinematic minute listener society you can find that on facebook and you could ch- uh, talk with us and chat about today's episode or any episode you're catching up on uh anything dc related you know uh, we probably won't be doing a podcast about Swamp Thing. Like, we probably won't be doing dedicated audio episodes, but we're going to be watching it. Oh, yeah. And, like, we didn't do anything about Titans, but if you want to talk to us about Titans or Swamp Thing or anything on this DC app, there's so many things to talk about. Um, I think they put new animated movies on there. They put Justice League versus the Fatal Five, um, which I need to check that out, but... Honestly, anything DC related, just tweet at us, talk to us about. We love DC comics. I mean, it's the whole reason we're so passionate. We decided to pick up microphones and talk about it. Um, obviously, I could talk about Cyborg all day. Um, but yeah, find us on there. You can find Nate at No Clutch Nate on all social media. And you can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. That ends with a Z. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. DJ, please take it away. Has the acceptance of who you are been eating you up inside? Well, don't go clawing at your skin just yet. There's still more to come here on Do Patrol Radio. Triple A, couldn't wait till I got for the